We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Welcome to another edition of Dynasty Cast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. Divisional weekend, one of the craziest NFL divisional weekends ever, is in the books. We're recording on this on Tuesday. It's been in the books for about two days now. Two days in the books. NFL divisional weekend. You missed us last week. Um, last week, Dan had some technical difficulties, and I didn't feel like doing a show by myself or asking anybody to hop on last minute so no show last week but we're gonna make up for it this week dan are you here dan dan nope no dan okay his microphone still doesn't work shout out to uh the microphone fixing place that took dan's microphone um they took dan's microphone to fix it he came back a week later and they were like oh our microphone fixing guy is uh on vacation so they just uh they took his microphone and then, and then, they just didn't fix it because their guy was on vacation. So, there's your microphone story. Um, someone fix Dan's microphone, please. Um, in the meantime, I made a call to the bullpen, um, tapped the left arm, uh, got the lefty out of the bullpen. I don't know if he's actually a lefty. But um, we got our, our lovely editor, also occasional guest time, uh, occasional guest time guest host, guest time guest host, Justin Peak. I feel like we haven't had you on in a little bit. But you and your 18 kids, along with Dan, you know, it's, it's hard to schedule you, uh, get, get a time down schedule for you. Yeah, my wife never likes me getting on too, too often. Uh, but luckily, you were able to come late enough with me uh, to being over on Central Time again instead of Eastern that uh, <laughs> we were able to 
able to schedule late enough. I got all the kids and wife to bed and everything. So free to, free to go tonight. <laughs> there we go. We're ready to roll. We're going to talk about some of the players that were the storylines of Divisional Weekend as we head into Championship Weekend. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll do some predictions for those that don't care about our terrible predictions. Um, some predictions for Championship Weekend. So we'll start off with the big NFL storyline, the big Dynasty storyline, the big everything storyline of Divisional Weekend was the final game, Bills, Chiefs, and the two storylines of that game were the quarterback play, the quarterbacks Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Now, we kind of knew that these were probably the two best quarterbacks entering this game. This was, honestly, I'm a Bucks fan. We'll talk about the Bucks in a little bit. But I think that for all intents and purposes, the Bills, Chiefs, for most people, was considered the Super Bowl, that whoever was coming out of that game is near the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Whoever's coming out of that game is going to win the Super Bowl. I guess your thoughts on that, uh, Justin, you think that that was a, a safe presumption entering that game that Bill's chiefs would be your future Super Bowl winner. Yeah. I mean, obviously any, any Sunday, anything can happen or Saturday or whatever, uh, and especially in the playoffs, but these, those two are clearly the two best uh, in the NFL, definitely in the AFC. And they definitely put up a, a a great game to show for it too. That wasn't wasn't a dud at all. So feels not yep. fair that they had to play that early, but you know somebody had to win. Absolutely, and and hopefully that's an AFC Championship matchup next year, like it was. I'm pretty sure it was AFC Championship last year. Um, so let's talk dynasty. Let's talk Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has been the the QB one, de facto QB one. You know, for the last three or so years now, Josh Allen has been, you know, working his way up the ranks and was, has kind of been a top four-ish quarterback for the last, you know, year and a half to two years now. I think it's now time to discuss, you know, Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes and more so does Kyler Murray, does, you know, Joe Burrow, I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit. Like, does anybody really have a shot at QB2 ahead of those two? Like, for me, I think that, you know, draft Twitter and all these things, you know, made us worry about a potential floor of Josh Allen. I think we've seen that Josh Allen has a higher weekly floor than than Patrick Mahomes due to the rushing. Patrick Mahomes obviously ran a, a fair bit um, in the in the AFC divisional round, but in terms of a week to week dynasty perspective, you're really seeing more rushing out of Josh Allen, particularly in the red zone. So, can, can you see an argument for for QB one Josh Allen? And does anybody else have a shot at sniffing QB two ahead of one of these two? I, I definitely think it's at least they're in a tier together. Uh, it's you know you can maybe still say Pat's the one, uh, and Josh Allen hasn't quite got there. But there at least there's not a tier between them anymore. Uh, they're they're up there uh, in comparable range. And yeah, I mean. Kyler, especially at the end of the season, I, I, I don't think you can necessarily say that he's up there with Josh Allen. Maybe you still give Herbert, can compete with that too. Um, but I think Allen's probably most everybody's QB2 at this point, uh, if it, at least not close. And yeah, I mean... I, I don't fault anybody for putting him at one if anybody does. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that the... The long-term floor for Mahomes is a little bit higher and, and long-term ceiling too as well. But, I mean, they're both, you know, guys that, you know, as long as everyone stays healthy, who are going to be, you know, top top five quarterbacks for the next 10 years. 
Um, and as far as Kyler Murray uh, in comparison with Josh Allen, he would be like the one who you're making the, the argument and the conversation for QB2 with. But I think we just saw enough bad Kyler Murray this year. And granted, like bad Kyler Murray is still a top 10 quarterback, but yeah. bad, but bad Kyler Murray is not in contention with Patrick Mahomes, just good Justin, Justin Herbert, or, you know, anything Josh Allen. So, yeah, I, I think that in terms of like a super flex, nice startup, if I'm targeting quarterback, I'm going to try and get a top two pick, assuming that Mahomes and Josh Allen are the first two off the board. And if not, I'm I'm happy to go towards the end of that round where you're, you're probably looking more at a Joe Burrow or a Lamar Jackson. Yep. All right. Let's move on to our next topic, which is the San Francisco 49ers super weapon, Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel. Obviously had a huge year in 2021, you know, had a a bit of a breakout performance. He had a really good rookie year, had an injury riddled sophomore season. And then in 2022, 2021 was just dominant and no NFL teams could stop it. Um, You know, the Dan Dan and I talked about throughout the entire 2021 offseason that the biggest mistake in all of dynasty valuation was that Ayuk was valued above Debo Samuel and that he was valued like two rounds or three rounds above Debo Samuel. And obviously that that came out to be true. Um, currently Debo Samuel is being drafted at wide receiver 10 in ADP. So do you think that's too high, too low? Uh, looking at names that are above him, Metcalf, Waddle, Adams, Cup, like I can understand why those guys are where they are, and and CD Lamb is kind of been a hot name in the dynasty sphere. But honestly, after Jefferson Chase, I don't really see a guy who I'm like that guy's definitely should be above Debo Samuel. Yeah, it's all those names. I mean, yeah, it's probably basically like the my opinion at least on Patton, uh, Josh Allen that. I can't blame you for putting any any of them up there, but I'm not I'm not going to blame you at all either for putting Debo uh, ahead of any of those and dropping them. Uh, I think maybe maybe Diggs was in that range. That's uh, you know just with ages falling a little bit out of that tier, but uh, Debo's especially with I mean he has it's not the same as like a quarterback having the rushing upside, but just with that always trying to find a way to get in the ball and him doing so well with it, uh, not having to necessarily get a target, but just put the ball in his, in his chest. You're guaranteed to be able to get some action out of him. So it raises his floor. I, I definitely think he's, he's up there in that eight to 10 range. What does, what does the tree Lance situation do for Debo Samuel and your valuation? I, as, as he goes deeper into the playoffs, like I feel like it, it's kind of hard to jettison your quarterback who just took you to an NFC championship, maybe took you to a Super Bowl, um, whether that's good or bad process. So I, the more this keeps going, I'm like I at the beginning of the season I was adamant that Trey Lance would be starting in Week 18 no matter what, and now I'm pretty confident that Week One starting quarterback for San Francisco is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. But assuming that the Jimmy the Trey Lance era starts at at the very latest, week one, 2023, how does that impact your valuation? Is, is that just, you know, far enough down the line where, like, you'll deal with it when you deal with it? Or do you are, do you think that he's QB-proof in a way because of that rushing ability and just his playmaking ability? No, I mean, that's what I'd uh, – I, I probably would rather see him with Trey Lance and just being able to have a better offense uh, theoretically with him if he is. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the – 
that's the thing is that like now he's in like a good offense, not a great offense, not a bad offense, but a good offense. Whereas with Trey Lance, it could be a great offense, but it could also, you know, go in the dumpster if Trey Lance is not the quarterback that many are hoping he is. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I, I I think you're right on that, Jimmy. Because like with the wins, because people still think the QB wins are stat. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. He is going to earn himself keeping that job. Uh, but you know, like I said, Debo's just been good enough, and and he doesn't need need anybody to pass on the ball. He can just take it, take it, uh, and run with it instead. That I don't think it matters as much for him who ends up being the QB. And and I, I also don't think Lance could be worse than what Garoppolo is. But. Yeah, I I don't think that it has too much of an impact on Debo Samuel. But that is coming from somebody who I rarely, rarely do I adjust my rankings hugely from the weapons based on the quarterback. Like, yes, I, I, I like Judy and Sutton and, and Fance and all those guys. And they will bump up in my rankings if if they get an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson, but I'm gonna imagine my my those guys won't bump up quite as much in the rankings as some others might when you know there's a large quarterback change. Just because we see so often that yes, you know obviously the quarterback's a huge, huge you know importance. You know it, it, he's helped. You know Tom Brady has helped Godwin and Mike Evans be more consistent week to week, but. I do think that people tend to overvalue, you know, changes in, 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 in player, uh, in personnel. Specifically with Brady too. And that offense, yeah. I mean, he can just put yeah. the ball in so many good places uh, and he doesn't take away anything. Like his offense is still running through that arm instead of having any legs. Like at least with Trey Lance, like that's the, the risk that, okay, he's mm-hmm. a better offense, but he can run. And, and so that takes some targets away. So, I mean, but I, I think his arm should be good enough to just makes that offense better. So, like I said, in terms of Debo, I think it's it, it doesn't hurt him. It maybe yeah. helps him. All right, let's move on to Green Bay, where the certainty is uncertain with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still under contract, but, you know, has muddied the waters with saying he is, he will not he will not not be participating in any rebuild with the Green Bay Packers or any rebuild period and they have like negative cap space and they have not and you know they have Devontae Adams on an expiring contract so i you know we've done this every year since the Jordan Love draft pick so i guess that's you know 2 years now what's happening this offseason with Aaron Rodgers i think that you know, it's. I think it's much, and this is easy to say, you know, in, in retrospect, but I do think that it's much more likely this offseason Rodgers leaves than it was last offseason. I think we were kind of fooling ourselves there. But is it a lock that Aaron Rodgers doesn't start week one for the Green Bay Packers? I don't think it's a lock. Uh, and maybe that's just, you know, getting, like I said, almost burned by that, like thinking that it was a, a realistic possibility last year. And so now... It just seems too much like a realistic possibility that I want to try to think the other way. But I, I don't think it's a lock. I think he could still play there. But, yeah, it, it still is, I would say, at least 80% likely that he's he's somewhere else. Just who knows where that could be. Yeah, and then, you know, we, talk, we always talk about, obviously, with the older quarterbacks, like – Somewhere in there, like if you're going to say like it's 80% that it's for another team, it's like 18% that it's 
um, it might even be higher. Let, let's say it's 80% another team. It's like 15% for Packers. And there's 5% at least of like, he's just done. He's like, all right, see you later. Because like, you know, the Packers might hold a grudge like, yep, we're just going to keep your contract. And he's going to be like, okay, well, I'm not rebuilding with you. Um, so we'll see how they approach the offseason and if they're able. And, you know, there's obviously the Twitter people who are like, the cap is fake, the cap isn't real. We'll see how fake the cap is with like $50 million over the cap and still haven't signed Devontae Adams. So Devontae Adams, with his dynasty value, I think that he's shown, obviously, over the years that he he can survive in a post-Aaron Rodgers world. But also, even more than that, I have a hard time believing, my, believing that Devontae Adams is going to sign somewhere where he's not going to have, at the very least, like a top 10-ish quarterback. Like, there might be a limited amount of, like, quarter, like great quarterbacks who also have that cap space. But I would be surprised to see Adams go somewhere where he isn't going to have some semblance of quarterbacking. Yeah, he's just too used to having <laughs> having a good quarterback that need to have some type of consistency there. Um, I, I, I mean, I would hope at least. I'm never good at predicting where anybody's going to go, so I quit trying. But <laughs> I, I would definitely hope that he goes somewhere that still has. I mean, you're probably not going to get an Aaron Rodgers quality like quarterback still, but at least in that that range. Yeah, and and unless Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay and they you know use the fake cap to somehow <laughs> resign Devontae Adams, right. They can go somewhere together, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, there, there, there's been talk about that, but I just, I just feel like there's very like limited places where that exists. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't think that Devonte Adams' dynasty value changes much this offseason. I think he's kind of approaching, you know, that, that, uh, you know, kind of dynasty age curve where it's like, okay, we're no longer valuing him as this, you know, top five, top six asset, um, and what you got to kind of look like, okay, when is he going to become a buy? I still think he's a little bit too expensive to be, a, you know, a veteran type buy, like oh, a win now type move. Like Adams is still a top two round startup pick. And that's not, and that guy can never really be a win now type move. That's just a, you're spending a, a large amount of capital on, on that type of player. Um, but all that being said, you know, when you look at his scoring versus, you know, similar, similar players being drafted around him, like a CD lamb or, um, you know, other, other young wide receivers, Adams is probably going to be outscoring those guys. Uh, but he's also going to have five or six years on them as well. Um, let's go next to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has now won a pair of playoff games for a, te- a team has not, that had not won a playoff game in over 30 years. Joe Burrow is currently the QB six behind Dak Herbert, Allen Murray, and Mahomes. So, where are we at on Joe Burrow? The excitement of Jamar Chase, the excitement of T. Higgins, leads me to believe that this is is here to stay. And, it, and we talked about it a few weeks ago that you kind of had to be a year early on the Bengals. Like there was no buying Joe Burrow, T Higgins, Jamar chase in January, 2022. Yes, you can, you can buy them, but you're going to be paying a premium price and you were even paying a premium price in August, but it, I think it's definitely more expensive today than it was in August. What say you on that? I, I, I definitely think in, in August, at least Burrow, there were still enough questions with, uh, you know, coming off the injury and everything, but he's, he's definitely shown at this point that, He's got it all back, and he's he's what we we thought he was when he was originally drafted. You know, his value went down some with that injury, but it's it's right back 
uh, I mean, surely he was in that like late first uh, startup range uh, back when he was a rookie. And he's back there now. If anything, it just uh, I hope Trevor can can go do that that same <laughs> path and leave mm-hmm. off a lot of value and gain it all back. But no, I mean, I, I think he's in the right spot that uh, he shouldn't be above any of those other guys. Uh, but he, he definitely deserves to be at QB6. Yeah, I mean, my my one push would be, like, I, th- I think Herbert's a little bit safer in terms of, like, he still has some of that rushing ability. And, you know, he, j- he seems to have a little bit a little, little le- less turnovers. Um, and then with Burrow, I, I can make the argument for Dak because – Dak is still a very good quarterback, but Dak is not the quarterback he was before that injury because he he's not we're not seeing that rushing anymore. And I'm not saying that you were counting on Dak's rushing before, but it was part of his fantasy value. And it's just not really there anymore. Yet you saw a rushing touchdown in their in their playoff loss, but you're not gonna see that rushing ability like you see with, with Burrow or obviously more so with Lamar, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance got guys being drafted below him. Um so yeah, I, I I might take Burrow above into QB five after Mahomes, Murray, Allen, Herbert, um, and we'll see how next year plays out. Like I think that out of this top, this top five, top six, Kyler Murray does have the most volatile range of outcomes. To where like you know he might go back into that Allen Mahomes tier, or he might be below Burrow and Lamar Jackson this time next year. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun seeing him trying to recover from uh, from some of the those floor plays that he had this year uh, mm-hmm. he he was bad at times uh, yeah and but, part, part of that was you know the lack of the DeAndre Hopkins and you just thought offense being a mess at sometimes um but one thing that's not a mess is Rotoviz. so we're going to give you our ad right about now we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Hello there, Colin Kelly here, co-host of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast. I just want to take a moment to let you know, as a loyal Rotoviz Podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass. All you have to do is head on over to rotoviz.com, add the subscription to your basket, and add the promo code RVRADIO2022 at checkout. That'll get you 10% off, it'll get you access to all of our content and tools, and of course, set you up for success in all your 2022 fantasy football rosters. That code is RVRADIO2022. I hope you enjoy the podcast. That's right. Get your Rotoviz on RV Radio 2022. It's the best gift for the new year, best gift for January. Valentine's Day is coming up. Valentine's Day is the time to get yourself and your significant other a Rotoviz subscription with RV Radio 2022. Tell your spouse to thank me. All right. Next, we have an announcement. Um, Dice Recast has a pair of listener leagues, uh, one of which is the Rotoviz Tradecast Listener League tight end, tight end game. It is a two QB, two RB, two wide receiver, zero tight end with, with some flex options in their league. It is three. Uh, there's three open teams, which means it'll be a three team dispersal for people who are entering the league. Um, lots of fun assets. It's a, a cheap league, twenty five bucks. Uh, Dan Sanyo, you may have heard of him, is the commissioner. Um, lots of awesome tradecast uh, listeners in the league. Um, all of the all of the team names are based off of uh, the uh, old school tradecast listener games. We got to bring back some games this offseason, Justin. Um, Justin and I, I share a team in that league. We are Dynasty Shark Tank. Dan is Dynasty Jeopardy. Um, shout out to when we played that with Evan Silva and he never wanted to talk to us again. Um, <laughs> but uh, three three openings, $25 league. Um, hit uh, Dan and I up if you are interested in joining. It's a fun league, fun group. Oh, and also uh, it's just, this might deter some people, but it, it's a fun element. Um, Justin, why, why, why don't you hop in and talk about the mandatory monthly trade auction? I might actually do a, a Commissioner Chronicles on this. Um, what are your thoughts on, I guess, talk about that for a second before we head into the latter half of the show. What, what are your thoughts on the mandatory monthly trade auction, the pros and cons of that? And explain what it is, I guess. Uh, it's a fun, I mean, it's basically just uh, every team at some point in year is forced to make a trade. Uh, so every month, one of the 12 teams gets assigned to put up a player for auction that they have to trade by the end of the month. It's set a deadline for it and everything. So everybody uh, else in the league is able to make an offer and they just, you know, the manager that has them rejects all the offers that are worse and keeps the offer that's the best. So everybody just keeps on making slightly better offers when they get rejected until they feel that they just don't feel like paying enough for the player. We do have, uh, I, I like that we do set some type of minimum for that, that it needs to be at least, uh, isn't it? Is it top 180p player? It, it's top 180p player or top 24 QB or top 50 tight end because it's tight end game. Right. So I, I like that we have that at least so that it, it can't just be, you know, an absolute trash player. It's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to th- throw up like, uh, yeah. I don't know, I'm going to throw up Zach Ertz for auction this month. Yeah. <laughs> but it definitely, I mean, the, the one, the, the con of it is uh, I think we, so it's been probably – Three years. Yeah, basically. Has it been three years? Is that like? Mm-hmm. Or this is the third. No, like we've done three seasons. Okay. It's it wow. started in it started in July August. We've done three seasons. Wow. Um, it doesn't feel like that long. It doesn't feel like that long that I've even been, you know, 
editing anything. So um, I could be I could be totally wrong, but I'm pretty sure no, that's I'm, correct. I'm sure you're right. <laughs> time flies when you're having fun. And, you know, it feels like just yesterday that I started with you guys, but it also yeah. feels like forever. But um, anyway, I, but we either way. The point is, we've seen uh, enough of those trades that generally the player that gets put up for auction at best you're getting back the value that really he's worth you're never gaining very rarely gaining anything off that auction and uh, if you so. and if you are gaining value on the auction it's because like 18 other players are thrown into the offer <laughs> yeah so it's it is one of those where you still try to go like one of the lower you never you never trading or putting up josh allen for a trade auction or anything you're gonna go for somebody that's closer to that top 100 value uh instead of that top 10 value uh, just so that if you do end up having to lose some value on the trade, it's not too much. Uh, but it is still, uh, like I said, it's a fun element because everybody's forced to make a trade to just, uh, you know, get some activity thrown out there. And I don't know for sure, you know, uh, since we co-managed the team, I haven't paid quite as much attention to all the trades that have happened like with other people to know for sure. But I would imagine at least that occasionally some of those talks, from those uh, from the auctions and everything, and players that end up getting offered end up, you know, at least throwing in, uh, throwing some type of seed out there that turns into a, a non-auction trade, uh, just a, a you know organic trade that ends up coming up. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's a fun little element. Yep. All right. So yeah, just to wrap it up. Cheaply, twenty five bucks. Uh, hit up Dan and myself if you want a spot in the Dynasty Cast Rotoviz Tight End Game Listener League. All right. Next, let's let's rapid fire the, these last few topics. Um, Ryan Tannehill, rare. Uh, you you talked about hashtag QB wins earlier, but very rarely do you talk about the number one seed quarterback having a down year. But Ryan Tannehill was not the same Ryan Tannehill that we saw the last two seasons in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. But he did help earn his team the one hundred one or one the one seed, even with Derrick Henry being out for the last half of the season. But he was missing for A.J. Brown for a large portion of the season. So what are your thoughts on Tannehill moving forward? Is he, is he an example of a, you know, a cheap veteran buy that you might be looking for on a, you know, a win-now type team? Or is he a guy that his price is going to be you know, maybe a little bit too high for a guy who isn't a, considered a locked-in long-term starter? Yeah, he's probably – I mean, I haven't looked at, you know, any of the trade analyzer uh, – you know, uh, any any kind of current values for him lately. But I would imagine that he's still considered kind of what he was towards the beginning of the season before he, he fell off and everybody assumes that he's still going to be there. I think there's enough of a risk just from us not really seeing as much from Tannehill earlier in his career. Yeah, he came on these last couple of years, but to have a down year, I don't know. I mean, it just see gives me enough doubt that I'm probably not – paying what his current price would be you know i'm not if i did have him i'm probably not you know trying to sell him but if somebody does want to give me current price to load off of them uh then i would but yeah i i don't know it, it worried me a bit and I, I i don't i don't love that offense in general uh you know especially with Derek henry having the injury we've you know, everybody talked about that surely would eventually happen when you run run a guy 300 times a, a year and everything. So if it happens again and he has any other injuries to deal with, is he going to 
just be in the same place where that offense just can't move the ball as much and he can't put up points. Uh, you know, so yeah, I'm I'm probably down a bit on him this year uh, than I feel like most others, but maybe maybe. Yeah. Just, you know, and if you're and if you're looking to trade him away, I think and this might be easier said than done. I would much rather trade up with Tannehill than trade down. The guys going below him are Carr, Brady, Zach Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, Davis Mills, Baker Mayfield. And the guys directly above him are Mac Jones, Deshaun Watson, Tua, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers. So if you can throw like Ryan Tannehill and like the 110 to get, you know, a Stafford or a Rodgers or a Watson, if you're willing to take that big risk, like I think that might be the move that you're trying to make if you're trying to get off of Ryan Tannehill. What do you think? Are you looking to move up or down with Tannehill? I mean, that's generally what I want to do anyway, is to to be able to try to package some players to get a better yep. asset. Um, so, you know, on in that side of things, yes, that's what I want to do. But that's just because I always want to do that anyway. So I've got mm-hmm. a little bit of bias there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's probably I, – I don't love the quarterbacks that are below him. So unless he's your QB3 in Superflex or, you know, or you're not playing Superflex, well, why aren't you? Um, you know. I probably would need to still move up. I don't want to be actually forced to start if he is my QB2, somebody that's below him. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, it's, it's definitely something that, yeah, you're probably going to have to try to move up. And just if I'm if I'm trading away right now, I'm hoping that he still has the same value that he did a few months ago. And, and I'm able to move off of him just in case he does end up having another down year with the rest of the you know, team around him not being able to perform as much. All right. This one should be a rather quick one. Um, it's the talk of the town for us uh, Buccaneer fans. Yo-ho, yo-ho. Uh, the Pirates life was not for us this year. Uh, Tom Brady. Um, does Tom Brady retire? Uh, I think if he doesn't retire, he's projected as, you know, top 8 to 12-ish redraft quarterback. He's, you know, win now, classic type asset, not going to cost you much in Dynasty. Tom Brady where are you valuing him right now? Is he a trade target at all? Are you are you going to wait out the news? Um, like, how how much do you consider retirement a legitimate risk? And I guess the, the, to add on to that, how much do you think that the trade market considers his retirement a legitimate risk? I think it's gonna. That's it's a very it's a polarizing thing. So it really depends on who has what what manager has him right now in your league, um, but. I do think it's worth at least seeing if somebody does, you know, have him really low, like what they did last off season. I think it's worth it. Uh, even if he does retire, it's worth that risk to buy him. If somebody is actually really scared of that because he, yeah, he's, if he plays again, he's probably going to be top eight, top 10, uh, just like he always is. And, and I, I think that, you know, he's got enough rings. He's not playing for another one. It's not like Peyton that he wants to go out, you know, with finally getting one. It's he's just going to play till he can't. And I don't know when that's ever going to be. Yeah, he he could probably play to least 50. If, yeah, if, I mean, because at the his last year with the Patriots, like that game against the Titans, he looked like, all right, this guy is like done being a good quarterback. And then he's just been a great quarterback relatively for the last two years in Tampa. Like there, there was, there was nothing this year. Like there's been like aspects and moments in the first like five to six games 
of both years where like, eh, like, you know, like Brady's good, but like, is he that good? And then basically the last 10 games of each year, he's been like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's that good. And then some. Yeah. I definitely think there's enough of a possibility that he just, he knows he's still got it right now. And so he's going to play another year. And if he does, he's worth, you know, as long as you're not, you know, giving up a, I don't know, fifth round start at value for him or something. But, uh, you know, if you're still paying like the cheap prices that you probably were, would have been last off season two with that retirement risk, I think it's worth it. All right, let's move on to our final topic. Um, and it's a polarizing one. Speaking of polarizing, Cam Akers. I, I, I can't explain Cam Akers. I didn't understand his value before his injury this past off season. And even more so, I don't understand his value slash his Twitter hype based on his return at the end of this season. The one thing that I guess is a very positive indicator is that he's back and the Rams are using him at a high volume. And they're like, okay, this guy is the best guy in our backfield. He's the best team. He's going to doing the best things for our team. He did fumble twice. I don't think fumbles have much of a, you know, impact on his dynasty value, but you know, does this all add up? Like, does the Twitter hype match what he's putting on the field so far? Yes, he's coming off an Achilles injury, you know, seven months ago. I'm not expecting him to have the most burst in the world. But people are, like, looking at, looking at like, a four-yard reception and saying, like, oh, he should be the 104 in Dynasty. <laughs> all right. Yeah, someone, like, on the keep – someone, I'm pretty sure – I don't know. I don't follow keep trade cut that much and everything. But somebody posted one of the charts from that, that he's, like, the RB6 again. And uh, it's just nuts. I definitely think there's a lot of Twitter hype. It's If anything, it's one of two things. It's you had so many people. It was just heartbreaking to see like a young guy like that before he even really gets to start his career get, you know, what generally has been considered a, a career ending injury. Um, so it was so heartbreaking to see that happen that everybody just wants so much for him to be able to come back. And, and so it just, you know, you end up kind of feeding on that feeling of you want him and you're rooting for him that bad that you end up kind of pushing him up, up rankings and we talk about him so much. So I think there's some of that, but also, I mean, if you can come back this much, it's almost, it was, I don't know, kind of fun, not fun. I don't know. Can't call it anything with an injury fun, but either way, like a few years ago when so many players started coming back from an ACL that that, stopped being a career-ending injury. It was just, okay, you're going to sit out a year, and then you're going to be able to come back, and you're going to be able to play. And that's generally, you know, it, you still lose dynasty value and everything when it happens, but it, it's, it doesn't all go away. You're not completely dead. You just get to stick him on IR, and he'll be back at some point. It may not be exactly the same, but he'll be back. That can, you know, if if the doctors have figured out the Achilles where – he can not have this be a career-ending injury again. I think there's that rooting interest, too, that it's not specifically for Cam Akers, but just, like, can this this type of injury not be career-ending anymore? That'd be really nice. So I think between that, yeah, there's a lot of Twitter hype. I don't, I don't know that you actually see that in trade value, though, but maybe you do. I, like, I, I haven't looked enough at, at you know, the um, – current trades that are happening in leagues and everything to yeah i mean i I haven't i haven't seen any uh obviously very small sample size like 20-ish leagues uh but i haven't seen a cam makers trade since like at least august right 
Yeah, some people traded him after the injury, but basically everybody that held him since, they're still going to be holding him. So, um, so it's hard to say really what his value is right now. Everybody talks about him on Twitter, but if he's not getting traded because everybody's still holding on to him because they held him this long, then you know how can you really gauge what the value is if he's not getting traded? So yeah. I don't know. All right, that should wrap us up for this evening. Thank you for hopping on the program, Justin. And always, as always, thank you for editing. Um, we appreciate it. Any last words before we head out? Nope. Uh, best of luck this uh, non-point scoring season. And hope hope uh, all your teams stay afloat. Uh, <laughs> and, and hope hope uh, for all you commissioners out there that uh, we can get our, our leagues filled back up and dispersal started and everybody paid up quickly. There you go. Pay those league dues or tell your commissioner when they're going to pay. That's uh, to end on a on a rant. I I don't mind you not paying league dues for a little bit. As long as you tell me, hey, like, I'll pay league dues February 12th, or I'll pay league dues March 1st. Granted, I don't want you to pay league dues March 1st, but at least if you tell me that, I'm, I don't have to go chasing, like, oh, where are those league dues? Where are those league dues? Where are those league dues? Just tell me. Like, everyone has different, you know, financial situations, all those things. Tell your commissioners if and when you'll be able to pay league dues. And if you won't be able to pay league dues, leave the league. Pretty simple, right, <laughs> right Justin? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, the more time that we've got to be able to look for replacement owners, the better, especially this year after, you know, two years of people joining too many COVID leagues. And maybe this is the season that some leagues start dying because uh, people decide to leave them because they're in too many. I want as much time as I can to look for replacement owners. Um, So Communicate with your commissioners and tell them, you know, what's going on. Uh, and so if you need to pay late, that's fine. But just make sure you're communicating and telling them, like, yeah, I'm going to be in. You don't need to worry about filling my spot. And uh, or if you're going to quit, go ahead and tell them, let them know so they can start looking. All right. That should wrap us up for this evening. We will talk to you guys next week. Kadoosh!